0: Welcome back to the Outsider Report. I'm going to be your host for today and my name is Gian Matteo Sacchetti. This is episode 5 and we got a very cool episode coming your way. We are going to talk about the rise of perfectionists and we're going to talk about how businesses are trying to reopen during this pandemic. But first. Four months after the first uh, reported outbreak in Wuhan, one thing has become clear to almost everyone. We have noticed that the restriction, the lockdown, the social distancing will not go away anytime soon. And the reason is pretty simple. There is no vaccine. We need a vaccine in order to get out of this situation. And vaccine need time to be created. Somebody said that it will take at least a year, but even take even more than that and vaccine is the least favorite word of a rather specific category of conspiracy theorist anti-vaxxer. So, how they are reacting to their dream, a world without a vaccine, finally coming true? We talk about this with Stefano Fazzano. I mean, this
1: pandemic is doing what until six months ago, let's say, would just have been pretty much unthinkable, like showing what a ward without vaccines looks like, which is, as you said, it should be basically a dream ward for any anti on the planet. But that might not be necessarily the case anymore. And how's that? Well, as weird as it might sound, this pandemic is having, uh, we might say, positive in a way effects on a rather specific group of people like it's questioning their sentences according to the experts some anti-vaxxers are actually questioning their views in these weeks while others are doubling down their opinion now i'm not saying anything new but what is happening here on a world scale is quite unprecedented according to the who right now something like 70 candidates to be the anti-SARS-CoV-2, the anti-coronavirus vaccine, are being developed. Three of them are already in uh, clinical evaluation. There should be a fairly nightmarish scenario for any vaccine hesitant, the anti-vaxxers, on the planet, at least on paper, instead there is evidence that some of them might be backing down their convictions. Like the Vaccine Confidence Project launched a global study, conducting national polls and examining social media posts, comments, and tweets about the, the coronavirus. And people seem to be more prone to behave differently in the context of uh, of this pandemic. How was it different? Uh, I mean. The study is still in progress, but in general it shows people are overwhelmingly eager for a coronavirus vaccine and to have it as soon as possible. This includes people who generally mistrust and are doubtful on the effectiveness of vaccines, people who are not hardline campaigners but generally have their concerns about whether to have their kids vaccinated or not, basically. A completely different kind of animals are the belief-driven groups of anti-vaxxers whose aim is to Disrupt and polarize.
2: Protesters showed up at the state capitol. Parents who believe vaccines have harmed their children were joined with filmmakers of a documentary called Vaxed. Well,
1: these are not changing at all. In fact, they're instead capitalizing on the pandemic. It is from them that the resistance for the coronavirus vaccine will come. The anti-vaccine movement has been growing on a global level recently, fueled partly by the famous paper from Dr. Andrew Wakefield linking the MMR vaccine to autism in in gender. The paper was widely proven to be a fraud, but the damages it created in the trust of the public towards some vaccines remain. A 2018 survey from the Wellcome Trust about the attitudes to vaccines on a global level found that eight in ten people they somehow or strongly agree that vaccines are safe while only seven percent strongly disagree i mean seven percent is still a quite big number it's also a definitely underwhelming minority on the other hand there are areas that are much more problematic than others like in western europe only 59 percent And less than 40% in Eastern Europe believe vaccines were safe. But the global trend is comforting, in a way. Yes, it is. And as we said, the scale and the gravity of the coronavirus crisis might be eroding vaccine residents. A recent survey in the country that demonstrated to be the most vaccine-averse vaccine averse Uh, in Western Europe, which is France, where the 33% do not view vaccines as safe, found only 18% of the respondents would refuse a coronavirus vaccine, which is indeed a fairly big achievement. There was a similar trend in the UK as the percentage that would reject a vaccine dropped from 7% in March to 5% in mid-April. This has generated some pretty iconic scenes, let's say. In Russia, where, according to the Wellcome Trust, only 62% of people agree vaccines are effective, there is some concern on the coronavirus crisis, and this has caused conflict among anti-vaxxers and medical skeptics. A great success or a worrying situation, let's say, uh, according to the point of view, at least... The administrator of The Truth About Vaccines, one of the largest social media groups dedicated to the issue, let's say, (laughs) expressed frustration about the lack of discipline among its 100,000 members. His post was more or less something like, you know what surprises me? I'm surprised by the reaction of vaccine opponents in this group. Many believe there is a coronavirus epidemic in Russia, that people are sick and dying from the coronavirus. Clearly, his narrative is that coronavirus does not exist in Russia and possibly in the world. Initially, Claudio Simeon of the leading anti-vaccine group Comilva said the vaccine was not the only solution and may be a way to calm people. and am quoting here, but he also added that they
0: were not hostile towards vaccines out of principle, which is quite a revelation in a way. Well. All good, then. If I'm not wrong, the WHO declared vaccine hesitancy as one of the top ten threats to the world last year. All salt <laughs> hey yeah, I wish. No, uh, in other places, the pandemic
1: appears to have somehow hardened the anti-vaxxers' attitude, in a way. In the US, for instance, prominent figures in the movement have taken COVID-19 as an opportunity to reinforce their argument and push uh, conspiracy theories, like... Del Big Tree, the producer of *Vaxed*, the 2016 documentary, let's say, written by Wakefield, has put together an hour-long presentation, which is unfortunately uh, still available on Facebook and YouTube in case you had some time to waste, that argues that Covid-19 is a setup by the pharmaceutical industry to enrich itself. Robert Kennedy Jr., the son of President Kennedy's brother, accused Bill Gates and top public health officials on Twitter of plotting to produce a vaccine with unique and frightening dangers, and I'm quoting here, and the reports showing that only 53% of residents in New York, the most hit city in the US so far, were sure to take a coronavirus vaccine, and 29% would refuse. So yeah, we are quite far from having the problem of anti-vaxxers solved, in a way.
0: Thank you for that, Stefano. Pleasure. So, since lockdown started, we have seen how media outlets have shared a lot of tips on how to be perfect. Be the perfect parent, have the perfect home routine, and even bake the perfect loaf of bread. So we are going to talk about the effects of this Perfectionist with uh, Cletia Sala.
3: Well, uh, Matteo, I actually stumbled on this article on The Conversation magazine about perfectionism in lockdown and it struck me. So I did my research on the matter. And a Google search for the keywords perfect and lockdown showed 193 million hits. Even luxury lifestyle magazine Town & Country published an article on how to be a lockdown domestic goddess. Well, needless to say, it is also slightly misogynist uh, as a title, but then we also receive daily push emails inviting us to take part in all sorts of online classes and discussions. And as physical seminars and classes cannot happen in this time, webinars have multiplicated. During normal times, place and time constraints may force up to give up on a seminar but now that these classes come to us there seems to be no excuse for us to not take part in them so long story short media pressure suggests that we should not be idle in lockdown that is why many people feel the need to learn a new skill to polish up an old one and maybe to tackle old to-do lists it is no more a matter of how to spend your time while bored Or about having a sense of purpose and distraction, but this push to perfectionism is more a consequence of our, let's say, overly productive culture. And for people who have always been perfectionists, this information can be too much and it can fuel feelings of insecurity and self-doubt. Let's not forget that the only thing we have in this time are social media. Social media are the best beneficiaries of this lockdown. We spend more and more time on them, and we also have more time to compare ourselves with others on social media. This can make you more vulnerable to poor well-being during lockdown.
0: So, are you suggesting that this is not just like a temporary thing and it can actually seriously harm our mental health?
3: Well, yes, actually, perfectionism isn't simply about striving to do our best. Instead, it involves a tendency to have frequent thoughts about achieving ideal standards. People try to reach unrealistic goals, that is what perfectionism is about, and here we need the help of personality science. Studies have revealed that perfectionism comes in two main forms. The first type of perfectionists are self-critical ones. That is to say, those who get little satisfaction even when they do bake a lovely loaf of sourdough bread. To them it will never be as good as the loaf their friend baked. Then there are striving perfectionists. Their perfectionism is more similar to what we actually mean, where we commonly mean by perfectionism. So it's there are people who strive to meet very high standards. But there's a catch. It is true that these striving perfectionists set their own standards, but they also care less about what others think. They too have difficulty savoring successes, and they also tend to take on a bit too much. So if you are secretly wishing that the lockdown goes on longer so that you can get through your to-do list or achieve all of your self-improvement goals, you're probably this type of perfectionist.
0: So... How do these two types of perfectionists react to comparison with others?
3: Well, the first type, the self-critical perfectionists, check on social media and the news for how others are dealing with lockdown. And this can be a reminder that they are not accomplishing enough, not, they're not being the best parent and they are falling short of what is expected. And they are particularly at risk because this can lead to repetitive negative thoughts about yourself, about not being perfect, and to serious risks of poor mental health during lockdown.
0: So how can people avoid this sort of remote peer pressure?
3: Reaching out for help is definitely the best way, which also means admitting you're not perfect. That's why this is quite difficult. Um, it is the reason why perfectionists are more prone to social disconnection and loneliness. It is very difficult to admit that you have defects.
0: So far we just talked about mental health, but what about physical health?
3: Since our regular exercise routines have been disrupted, people are turning to online fitness classes and videos to stay fit during lockdown. You might expect that perfectionism would give an advantage when it comes to staying healthy. But exposure to the perfect exercise routine promoted by ultra-fit exercise gurus can make people feel inadequate. Self-critical perfectionists may respond by simply abandoning any attempt to stay fit. While the other type of perfectionists, the striving perfectionists, on the other hand, can go into exercise overdrive to try to become as ultra-fit as the online instructors. They push themselves too much and increase the risk for exhaustion and injury. So needless to say, neither extreme is healthy.
0: How can perfectionists manage their well-being during lockdown?
3: (laughs) The secret is just learning to accept personal limitations and imperfections. But of course, it's easier said than done. Once a perfectionist is reminded that they are not perfect, they respond with, well, self-criticism, while a better response, on the contrary, should be self-acceptance. This is why it's important to limit exposure to social media that promotes perfectionism, Keeping Things in a perspective can also help. For example, is it really the end of the world if your sourdough starter failed? The most important task we should cultivate in this period is developing self-compassion. You know, even J.K. Rowling tweeted about it. She blasted social media users who were implying people are losers if they aren't learning a new skill, especially during lockdown. And as she noted, learning to accept our feelings and the stress is a better route back to good mental health than beating ourselves up for not being superhuman. Embracing our imperfections is basically the secret to good mental health in this moment.
0: Thank you for that, Clizia.
3: You're welcome. And be self-compassionate.
0: I will. So now let's talk about how some European countries are expected to enter a new phase during this lockdown that will allow many businesses to reopen, obviously, with limitation. And we're talking about how bars and restaurants are also still in a limbo. And it is not clear how they will be able to continue operating respecting safety measures. In this regard, uh, we're gonna talk about a recent study that has uncovered interesting facts, and we are gonna talk about it with Gaia Lamperti.
2: Yes, it was a recent Chinese study that has discovered something very remarkable. After studying the table disposition, Uh, at a particular restaurant in Wanzhou and tracing the customers that were there between the 26th of January and the 10th of February, this study found out that the only ones that later on resulted COVID-19 positive were those directly targeted by an air conditioner, which was blowing droplets towards them from a carrier.
0: So how can the findings of this study be helpful for the containment of COVID-19?
2: This study definitely suggests some practical consequences, especially now if we think that some countries are talking about entering or are already into the so-called phase two, which is the partial lift of the lockdown while maintaining the social distancing measures, this study becomes very important because some of the findings imply that uh, droplet infection may actually be quicker and more worrying than aerosol infection. And, you know, since masks can stop droplets from escaping from your mouth, uh, they are worth wearing not really to prevent yourself from getting the virus, but to protect the others. Also, from this study, we can understand how uh, limit the diffusion in restaurants. Uh, probably, in fact, in order to improve ventilation, it's better to open the windows rather than turning on the air conditioning, which could spread the droplets. And also, I guess, table will have to be placed farther apart in order to prevent any form of contagion.
0: You say a couple times phase two, but what is this phase two? How does it work?
2: So, basically, it means that we will start to go back to normality, but very slowly, and with social distancing still in place. Exactly how many weeks this takes will depend on the city and the country. In fact, every government is thinking about different limitations and different timings according to the infection toll there. For example, uh, Italy is expected to reopen offices and some more non-essential shops uh, beginning May 4th, while President Macron announced that in France, starting on May 11th, Nursery schools, and colleges will slowly open. Instead, Denmark and Austria are planning to allow bars and restaurants as well to reopen. And this will happen around mid-May. But in, in this case, it is still not clear how these businesses will be able to comply with the social distancing measures.
0: And how are bars and restaurants getting ready for this phase two?
2: Well, um... Some people claim that bars and restaurants will will never be the same after this pandemic. They will be operating in a different world than the one we knew before the lockdown. Probably there will be temperature checks for the staff and the customers, and definitely there will be much less tolerance for employees coming to work while sick. Probably uh, everyone will have to wear masks and gloves, and the staff will have to do their best to keep the distance with the customers. This means that kitchens and dining areas, they will have to be redesigned to accommodate staff and customers respecting the physical distancing. And of course, uh, there will be a reduction in the number of customers that can fit in the same place. And of course, these measures will have to stay in place until there is a vaccine, but nobody exactly knows when it will be ready. The most pessimistic ones, as Stefano before me said, think that it could take up to two years.
0: Well, this is a very tough situation, so I imagine that in the industry the morale must be very low.
2: Well, yeah. Right this morning I was reading in the New York Times about a New York restaurant that had to close in the first weeks of the pandemic after over 20 years of activity. The owner claimed that it will be impossible for other businesses like hers to survive after the outbreak. She, in fact, she was saying that all the new costs they will have to face will exceed the income they will be able to make with fewer customers. But the truth is that we still don't know. Maybe instead they will be boosted by all the people eager to go out again and yeah, definitely will be just a phase. Some businesses are even taking it with humor and on Twitter are now popping up funny videos of waiters practicing the new skill they will need for their after-corona performance. Basically, is throwing drinks and dishes to the tables from two meters away to respect the safe distance. I'll let you imagine the result.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is actually very funny. Thank you for that.
2: Thank you, Matteo.
0: Well, Something that we have noticed, everyone, during this lockdown, is that there is no more sports in TV. Uh, hardcore fans, or like even normal fans of football, they have nothing to watch in TV. The only thing that they can do is probably go back on YouTube and watch all games. And on this wave, The Guardian had a pretty cool initiative, as right now you can find on their website commentary play-by-play of a huge World Cup game from the past. I was just checking today a pretty cool game that Italy won in 1982 against Brazil and the very cool thing about this service is that it's not simply telling you what is happening but it's explaining with emphasis and it really draws you in and I think it's a very cool idea for fans that right now have nothing else to watch. I think this is a great initiative especially in this like weird moment for football fans especially if uh, different domestic cups are being stopped because they don't know when they're gonna be able to play again just like a few days ago the Verdevise say that they're not gonna keep going playing and they're gonna they're not gonna sign this title instead in other places like Germany it's a bit different apparently all the German teams come together and they decided they would like to start on May 9th and they just waiting for like a response from the uh, German government and it is pretty interesting that they came together to like this solution especially after a uh, few weeks ago Ruben who's like a high figure in the Bayern Munich uh, team explained that a lot of teams need to play because they have too many debts and they need to pay them and if they don't start the season again there is going to be a lot of trouble for the Bundesliga so this is it for this episode of the Outsider Report and a special thanks to Clizia Sala, Stefano Fasano and Gaia Lamperti, and make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and to listen to our new episode on Spotify, SoundCloud, or whatever you like to listen to us. See you next time.